to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength strategy that will help fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can hold you back in life. Today, I'm talking about the coping skills that can help you deal with uncomfortable feelings. Our emotions affect us all day, every day. The decisions you make, the conversations you have, the thoughts you think, and the things you do are all affected by your feelings. Yet strangely, most of us were never taught much if anything, about how to cope with feelings. We weren't taught how to identify our feelings, how to tolerate them, or how to change them. Fortunately, though, you're never too old to learn. And today we're going to talk about how to cope with uncomfortable emotions. The goal, though, isn't to make uncomfortable feelings go away altogether. Instead, we're going to talk about how to take the edge off them enough that you can think clearly. Because uncomfortable emotions are really intense and they can sometimes last a really long time. And that makes it hard to make healthy decisions for ourselves. We spend a lot of our lives running from uncomfortable feelings. In fact, we'll often do just about anything to gain temporary relief from an uncomfortable feeling. Even when it costs us something in the long term. When you're lonely, you might turn to social media. When you're sad, you might turn to food. When you're anxious, you might pick up a drink. That's not to say that those coping skills don't work, though. They often do, at least in the moment. They tend to take the edge off of feeling bad. But doing too much of any of those things quickly becomes unhealthy. And sometimes it introduces new problems into our lives or it makes our existing problems even worse. In fact, any coping skill isn't necessarily good or bad. It's how we use them that matters. We'll talk more about that in a minute, though. First, let's talk about what a coping skill really is. It's essentially something that you do to cope with an uncomfortable feeling. It could involve anything from calling a friend to get emotional support when you're anxious to going for a long run when you feel really angry. A coping skill might reduce the intensity and the duration of an uncomfortable feeling. It might also help you face that feeling head on. Here are two different coping skills that could help with the same problem. Let's say you're really anxious about your financial situation. One way to cope would be to listen to music because it could help you feel better. That's what we call an emotion-focused coping skill because it addresses how you feel about the problem. The other approach is to use a coping skill that tackles the problem head-on. For example, you might create a budget so that you can get a better grip on your spending. That's a solution-focused coping skill. Both kinds of coping skills are important. Sometimes you can't solve a problem. If you just got some bad news about a family member's recent health tests, you can't fix their medical issues. You might be able to problem-solve specific tasks, like how to get them to and from their appointments, but you can't make their health problems disappear. You might pray, meditate, journal, or exercise to help you deal with all the emotions that could get stirred up, like anxiety, sadness, or anger. When our emotions are really high, it's hard to think clearly. In fact, studies show if you took an IQ test when you were really angry, you'll score a lot lower than if you took the test when you felt calm, showing that you actually get dumber when you feel angry. 
That's why we sometimes say or do things we wouldn't normally say or do when we're really upset. Other emotions can cause us to be irrational too. Maybe you've done something impulsive because you were anxious. Or maybe you did something you regretted because you were just trying to relieve your sadness. Like you reached out for someone who wasn't good for you or you self-medicated with drugs. When we're in emotional pain, we get desperate to get relief and we'll usually do just about anything we can to feel better. And the coping skills that we reach for can become such a habit that we're bound to just keep reaching for them unless we have a plan to try something else. Our first emotional response to pain might not be a healthy one. So it's important to recognize that you have choices in how you respond to uncomfortable feelings. You have the power to reach for a healthy coping skill that might not just help you right now, but it might also help you in the long run. So a good coping skill might take the edge off a bit and reduce your pain enough that you can see things from a slightly different angle. We make our best decisions in life when our emotions and our logic are in check. When your emotions run really high, you need to either raise your logic or decrease your emotions so that you can think clearly. A coping skill like reading a book or going for a run could calm those emotions down a bit. Coping skills become unhealthy, though, when we use them to numb our pain for a long time or when we use them to avoid a problem. Let's take watching TV, for example. If after a rough day at work, you come home feeling frustrated, watching a lighthearted show might be a great distraction. You might laugh, your mood might improve, and when the show's over, you could move forward and enjoy your evening. In that instance, your coping strategy shifted your emotional state. If, however, you start spending all your spare time watching TV as a way to zone out and forget about all your problems instead of dealing with them, TV becomes an unhealthy coping skill. So like all things, even healthy coping skills should be used in moderation. Whenever you want to change how you feel, you need to change the way you're thinking or change the way you're behaving. Some coping skills focus on changing how you think, while others focus on changing your behavior. So let's talk about the specific coping skills that you might want to try. Just keep in mind that what works for someone else might not work for you. You might need to experiment a little to figure out which ones work best. So let's start by talking about coping skills that can provide a temporary distraction from an uncomfortable feeling. You might find that doing one of these things for just a few minutes reduces the intensity of an uncomfortable feeling just long enough that you can think a little more clearly. Watching TV, cleaning, organizing a closet, taking a walk, doing yard work, taking a shower, listening to music, singing, writing, drawing, or painting, taking pictures, doing online research, writing a story, knitting, doing your favorite hobby, or reading a book. Positive interactions with other people can also help you cope with an uncomfortable emotion. Here are some examples. Talking to a friend about the hard time you're having, writing a letter to someone you care about, doing something kind for someone, spending time with family, or playing with your pet. Other coping skills can change your mindset. Here are some examples of those coping skills. Making a list of the pros and cons of taking action, brainstorming solutions, writing down things you're grateful for, arguing the opposite. Like if you're predicting a horrible outcome, think about the best case scenario. Or meditating. Other coping skills involve moving your body because movement can shift your emotional state. Here are some examples of physical coping skills. Exercising, practicing deep breathing strategies, treating yourself with some special food like a piece of chocolate, or doing some yoga. 
you'll likely find that different coping skills work for different emotions. For example, if you're feeling anxious, a breathing exercise might work well. When you're sad, however, you might find exercise gives you a little boost. After you use a coping skill, allow yourself to feel whatever you're feeling again. You might have some anxiety, sadness, or anger. That's okay. Remember, the goal isn't to make uncomfortable emotions disappear. It's to reduce them enough that you can manage those feelings with a clear mind. You also might discover that your emotions are trying to tell you something. Maybe you need to set a better boundary with someone. Maybe you need to take better care of yourself. Or maybe you need to take more time to grieve something that you've lost. Your goal shouldn't be to be happy all the time. In fact, chasing happiness will make you feel pretty miserable. You need to experience some uncomfortable emotions to really appreciate the emotions that you enjoy, like happiness. So here's a quick four-step plan that you can use to walk yourself through an uncomfortable emotion the next time you experience one. Number one, name your emotion. There's tons of research behind how just putting a label to a feeling takes a lot of the sting out of it. Saying, okay, I'm anxious or I'm sad can help you feel a little bit better. Number two, decide if it's a friend or an enemy. Remember, emotions aren't either all good or all bad. Any feeling can be helpful or unhelpful. So ask yourself, is this feeling I'm having helping me right now or not? If it's helping, embrace it. If it's hurting, take steps to reduce the intensity of that feeling or shift your emotional state. Number three, if it's an enemy, develop a strategy. Ask yourself, do I need to solve the problem or solve how I feel about the problem? And number four, take action. Use a coping skill. Remember, if you want to change how you feel, you need to change either what you're thinking or what you're doing. So pick a coping skill and see if it works. If you're struggling to deal with uncomfortable emotions or you have some unhealthy habits that are hard to break, don't be afraid to reach out for professional help. There are lots of things that make it hard to cope with uncomfortable feelings, like a trauma history or a really stressful situation. But talking to a therapist can help you get the support you need to live your best life. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcasts.